welcome back to We Bought a Mic for our annual Listomania extravaganza where we count down our favorite works of entertainment content. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are here (laughs) with the best albums of 2021 in the year of our Lord, 2022. My name's Ernest. My name is uh, sad that I can no longer listen to Vampire Weekend's 2021 and it doesn't hit quite the same as it used to mm-hmm. Hunter Mobley. That's why you don't do that. Yeah, you know? I can't. I tried to listen to it. I said 2022. I think about you. It no, just doesn't. No, it's just stupid. Yeah, it's fucking listening to yourself. I'm Drew. And of course, our music. We, we should we can actually call you musical guest. <laughs> <laughs> our our resident uh, musicologist. Our director of the musicology department, mm-hmm. Daniel Sewane. Hello. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to say, I feel the same way. I haven't been able to sing Fast Forward to 2020 or 2012 by A Day to Remember in like <laughs> You're right, 10 man. years now. You're like fast backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I've, we- I've never been able to listen to Summer of 69. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. Not once. Put it on. I'm like, Summer drag. of 22. Yeah. Oh, shit. Gonna have to wait till 2069. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, man, we're popping off. Yeah. So. Um, this historically has been a very popular episode of this podcast. So if this is your first time listening or your first time listening in a year, welcome. Welcome back. Um, we're very excited about this. We're in a new studio, new pond studio. Nice. We're on cozy. couches, boy. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. 2022, Chilling. my butt feel good. Mm. Guys, I got the bucha out. We have a nice uh, Synergy Raw Kombucha uh no free ads. Guava goddess. Mm, that's right a here. good one. I it really, is. I love it. It's Guava really good. Goddess. It's not too sweet. Yeah. It's got like a nice little bite to it. I like don't want alcohol at all right now. Yeah, definitely not. I'm so having a great I definitely time. don't see pining in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Just like trying to lick the condensation off of one of the white claws in front of me. <laughs> um, shout out to the discord and shout out to the donors uh, that have contributed to the show. Um, we are so thankful for you and we're so thankful for your support. Um, so you can always support this show at anchor.fm slash we bought a mic. If you want to join those beautiful people, we'll be shouting some of them out a little later with their favorite albums of the year. So if you want to get in on the fun, you can always uh, join the discord. Uh, any kind of overall bird's eye view thoughts on the year in music before we actually start the list? I liked it. I, yeah. I thought it was a great year. I felt like a lot of people were just cooking stuff up 2020 during COVID. And it was just it felt like a thrashing of just a bunch of albums just came in. And I had, I had a hard time putting it in, you know, fitting 10 in. But I feel solid about my list. You know, it was a really good year for independent music. Also, for that same reason, uh, you, you don't you don't got to be in stew to make some indie music. You, you can do that shit wherever you feel. Um Personally, I, I have thoughts because my list is really uh, out there this year compared to where it's ever been. Um, and I, I was just thinking about that. The quote by Bong Joon-ho at the Oscars talking about subtitles, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, where he's like, once you can get past that, that one inch barrier, like you're opening yourself up. I feel that exact way about bad singers this year. <laughs> if, if you can get past a singer not being good at singing. There is a world of music <laughs> that is uh, that is unlocked where every other component is so well done. And the singing itself, you know, it can be charmingly bad. Um, you know what I mean? That's a thing. 
And also that same quote could kind of be applied to noise for me this year too. Just like, like K sound that sounds like pure chaos and it sounds like too much and it sounds like nonsense. If you give it a little time and you just sit on it uh, for a few listens, it starts to, if it's good, it'll start to make sense. Like it'll, it'll start to show itself to you. Um, so number 10, you have just white noise, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I have, you have dolphin um, sounds at number nine. I have uh, it, chill, chill beats to study and relax too. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have 10 hours, black screen, um, waves crashing on beach, best sleep music parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> It's number one album of the year, baby. Uh, Spotify uh, meditation playlist is also up there for sure. Got to crack the top. Your top three. ten is actually just all Beach House. Yeah. Um, no, I I'd say that this album. One, Drew, welcome to welcome to the gang of now finally embracing bad singers. Um, I don't like to call them bad singers. I like to call them like singers with character. Um, what even? Who even is? What is good? Um, but I would say that this year for me. It's kind of a deep bench year. Like this was a very, very tough year for me to actually settle on just 10 albums. This is true. I could have like album number, I'll say probably album eight through about 22 on my list could kind of fluctuate a little bit. And in that way, it kind of reminded me of the movie year last year where, you know, some people say that 2020 wasn't like the best year up top for like having quality bangers or anything like that i think there was some quality stuff but it was a very deep year a lot of stuff that was like like a lot of eights across the board Mm -hmm. and i kind of feel similarly this year about music not to say that um the top three or four albums on my list i think are like borderline perfect but uh i i like the wide mix of music that we got this year that was all pretty quality so i had a hard time getting into albums this year I had to do a lot of cramming at the end there to build a 10. And by the end, the cramming turned into like me having too many to fit into 10. So I was at the end of the day in a good position to kind of, you know, feel like I got a good sense of the year in music. But it was all very much late in the year (laughs) slash the last couple of weeks, because for some reason, I just didn't I didn't listen to that much music throughout the year. A lot of podcasts. And just I don't know, I, I, I feel like the music that I did keep coming back to, it wasn't sticky. I didn't like find myself like really gravitating towards a lot of albums. Uh, and then I made the effort at the end of the year to be like, OK, let's put the list together. Let's see what we can find. Let's see if we can put together a 10. Turns out a lot of fucking music. Great music came out this year. Um And a lot that I feel strongly about. And I think my list, I really wanted to prioritize albums like that is feels like something that's like really going away with each year. Like I have so many amazing songs on my playlist on Spotify for 2021. But like when I'm trying to think about, okay, how many great albums like as an album you can listen in order front to back? Did we have I kind of struggled to kind of find those. Um and at the end of the day, I feel like that shit doesn't really matter. Like it's, it starts to matter less and less. You know, if if an album has skippable tracks on it, it's like not that much of a deal breaker, you know, and it, it could still stand as like a good piece, even if it doesn't have like a banger every single fucking track. And also, I think that 
um, I found myself like getting sick of some songs, you know, and I, I found myself like not wanting to listen to certain albums because like, oh, it was like, oh, I've just heard this song so many times. Like, it's good, but like I kind of had to put it away and then return back to it. And there's a couple uh, albums on my list that are exactly that, that I, I had to like I, I was listening to them too much. And then later in the year had to remind myself like, OK, you were sick of this for a reason. Maybe you over listened to it. And for some reason, I kind of always end up doing that. Oh, I yeah. always yeah. and albums, Spotify. It's always toughest for albums that come out in like March. Yeah. Because you're just like burnt they, out. They just kind of keep moving down your list a little bit until yeah. you were like, oh, yeah, no, I did love this. And I Spotify forgot. like recommends shit to you because it the more you listen to it, the more it recommends. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it just keeps playing it. And then that's all you listen to every time. <laughs> if you don't diversify your rotation enough it's like you fucking love this album well one thing i was going to ask you too ernie because you said that you haven't been listening to as much music this year and that was something that we talked about last year was because of like working from home and stuff like that losing that ritual of listening to music in the car Mm -hmm. do you think that that's kind of the reason why of course i mean i just started i just told myself i'm just gonna play music off my phone like just the speakers off my phone whenever i get the chance to And that really was like the big change for me where I didn't feel like I needed to like sit down and put on headphones to absorb an album. I could just like fire it up on the phone as I was like cooking dinner, washing dishes or whatever, whatever with the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a habit switch thing because I I also listen to way more podcasts than music generally Mm -hmm. that last like five years or so. And I still listen to a whole lot of music. But it's it becomes a habit switch where you you sort of realize, oh, man, I've been going way too heavy on podcasts. Um, all I my all my thoughts are just takes now. You know, <laughs> you need to ta- you need to sit back and take a break and like listen to some fucking music. Yeah. Um, puts generally well, I mean, kind of puts me in a better mu- mood than podcasts. To do. be fair, you have been giving us like a lot of lot of really good things that you've taught us from uh, what's this called? The Joe Joe Rogan podcast. Is that the one that you've been yeah. like, kind of spreading some knowledge? Yeah, it's sort of, it's like a it's like a health podcast. Yeah, cool. That yeah, that's into. no, no, no. That's why I heard. Yeah. He's sort of a wellness guru. Steroid pinata yeah. had me weak, man. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> um, love to hear it. Yeah. It, I think I kind of agree with you, Hunter. This year, no tens for me at all. Um, definitely some nines and a lot of eights, which is great. Like that rules. Um, Public's albums. Yeah. Another here's here's another hot uh, cliffhanger. I'll give y'all before we start is my number one album is an album that I'm eighty percent sure none of you have ever listened to a single song from. Oh wow! And, is this uh, from your expanding music playlist? That's not even my playlist, but but I think I did find it on there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He let me in on his secret at Sportstown one time. Ah, oh, damn. I got, Just, I got too fucked up. I, I let it slip. I'll tell you all now. This is good for the listeners too. find a music critic that whose sensibilities align with yours and find their fucking Spotify and you will seem like the smartest motherfucker <laughs> on earth like that. I Jeremy Larson writes for Pitchfork and some other publications. I don't always agree with what he says, but he likes a lot of shit very similar to me. He's into like garagey, like pavement rock. And then he's also into like experimental hip hop stuff. I found things that have like less than 10,000 plays per song uh, from his playlist of 2021. You just you got if you find you someone like that and you find their Spotify, you can really dig like deep as fuck. It's it's not that hard to find deep cuts Mm. if you know how. 
So should we get into it? Any yep. other thoughts? Let's get Ooh. into it. Okay. I do have some other thoughts, but they kind of tie into like some overarching things of this year and uh, kind of modern music in general. But they will come up as we get into the list. All right, Danny, you're the guest. Oh, guest guest is first on the hot seat. All right. Number um, 10. Number 10 for me. And Hunter, you can say save it if you want. Oh, yeah. We should always remi- remind people mm-hmm. if... This is your first time listening to a list episode. The way we do this is if there's overlap, we save the discussion for when it's the final person who has it the highest comes up. Okay. So if I'm being honest, I'm totally messing with him. I don't think he has this anywhere near his top 10. But uh, my number 10 album this year is My Morning Jacket self-titled. Nice. Oh, yeah. No, wait, Danny, I'm going to need you to just go ahead and talk about that. You right told now. me they, <laughs> you that's told not me a real, they were That's not a real band. To, to preface No, this. I don't think that My Morning Jacket exists. I think that they're a fake band. I think that they are like, you know how you just put like uh, pending <laughs> They're yeah. like TBA. Yeah, I'm other like headliners, a, TBA. Yeah. This no, is this was, is a best of episode. This is a safe space. <laughs> no, it, well, to preface the story is that um, Shaking Knees had to drop uh, Stevie Nicks from their lineup and they were finding a replacement and Hunter had this backhanded, disrespectful comment. Just said, I hope they don't <laughs> sign up like fucking My Morning Jacket or something. <laughs> you respect Jim James. Um so I really like this album. I think it does an excellent job of like depicting who they are as a band, uh, like their live show mixed with like their jams and melodies. Um, I think it's the most complete My Morning Jacket album. Uh, it uses a lot of unique elements in their songs, like rock ballads, pure like pure jams, catchy tunes, and uh, in general, like every My Morning, not every My Morning Jacket album, but uh, Jim James in general, he likes to talk about. Um, his distaste for society and stuff. And so those are the things you can kind of expect from this album. But one thing I did this year for my top 10 list is I have songs that I recommend if you've never heard this album that you can listen to to get into the album. Wow. So you piece oh. of shit. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I can I could do that. It's not too late to do. I know. I could uh, just pull I'm, that I'm, up I'm right now. I'm just not going to say anything when you're talking. Now. <laughs> I'm going to be doing that. So the four songs I do recommend are Lucky to Be Alive. Love, 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 regularly scheduled programming and complex. Mm. And it's a great album. And this is why the people love you, Danny. Yeah. I mean, thank Mm. you. You know, Uh, I just I think this band gets a lot of flack just because they've been they've been around for so fucking long. And I think you have to watch this band live before you can truly appreciate them. Yeah, they're sort of jammy. Yeah. Yeah. They're a ton of fun. They were supposed to, at the Bonnaroo that was canceled, they were supposed to have a three-hour set and I was going to fucking die out there. <laughs> like, I was so excited to see it. But uh, yeah, My Morning Jacket, their self-titled album, number 10. That's awesome. That's awesome. Nice. Maybe I will. You said it's their most complete album. So maybe maybe this is the one that this makes one, me listen to it. I just assume that it's just like... Uh, band being announced soon. <laughs> it's this album or the waterfall. If you're trying to get into my morning jacket, but if you're trying to stay, you know, as recent as possible, this is a good one. Definitely. Okay. Uh, should we go counterclockwise or clockwise from Danny? Uh, I'm not biased, but I think we should go clockwise. All right, Drew. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's oh, that's me. That's oh, so cool. <laughs> number ten. How Drew. convenient. Um, my number ten is. Uh, and I'm, I've been really happy to see on a lot of like year end roundups because I've liked it for a while now. It's a band called Dry Cleaning. You know this album? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's called New Long Leg. 
Uh, this is a weird fucking album, and I think it rocks really hard. And if I listen to it more, I think it could it could move up a few spots on my list. Um, the the music of this band is really you can you can hear a lot of other bands in it and they're all good bands basically like you can hear like early rem when they were like a post-punk like really tight drums band you can hear almost like almost like old old devo and then like strokes and then uh like sonic youth and the thing i mean the signature trait of this band though is that the singer is like all of the vocals are basically just like a British woman doing ASMR, just like talking. It's nice. not singing and it's fucking fascinating. And the lyrics are cool as hell. And the music is really, really good. And then it's just this, this really soothing British lady just speaking the lyrics, um, which is not, I don't know. It's not really like form bending. Like it's not really like, like doing anything that no one's ever heard of. It's just fitting to like the type of music they're playing, I guess. In a way that you wouldn't think because like a lot of the, what they're playing is like straightforward rock. Like it gets psychedelic, it gets alternative, it gets a little punky. Um, and the vocals, I think, are really additive once you get used to them. Because at first you're just like, what the fuck? Like, is this just for one song? But no, it's just like what they do. And it's it's very, very cool. And it's as an album, it flows really well. Um, so this is their only album, right? I, it's their I, first, it's their debut? I, yeah, I think so. And it's just it's just super strong front to back. Um I found it because it was really highly reviewed when it dropped, which was like, I want to say like March or April. Uh, and it's just grown on me since. And it, you know, it's just one that I'll go back to like every, I think like once every month or two, I would be like, oh yeah, that came out. That was weird. And finally, like around November, I was just like, I'm just going to like really listen to this a few times and it rules. Like it's, it, I really can't fault it for anything. It's like near perfect album. There's one, uh, another band that's very, very similar to them that I almost am hesitant to say it because now that you brought up dry cleaning, I'm worried that this band might also be on your list, but very similar to, uh, another one of an uh, album that I really, really love that didn't quite make my list. Well, interesting. On there. So that's, uh, the, the name of the album is new long leg, correct? Mm -hmm. By dry cleaning. That's Drew's number 10 brings us to my number 10. Mm-hmm. It is St. Vincent's Daddy's Home. Is this on anybody's list? No? Okay. So this is what I was referring to as Spotify recommending me <laughs> the songs uh, and me getting uh, very sick of them. And I almost didn't put this album on my list because I was just like, like the main songs like Pay Your Way to Pain and Down and uh, Melting of the Sun. Um, great songs, but I just like... They were literally my top played songs of in my Spotify rap. And I was just like so burnt out on them. And I had to take a break for a while. Um, and I'm glad I did because after not listening to it for a few months, it came out earlier in the year. And after seeing her live at Shaky Knees um, in Atlanta, I was like, holy shit. Her live show's nuts. This crazy bitch is talented as fuck very talented yeah yeah and honestly like i like the songs better live than on the album oh 100 so <laughs> yeah. like mass seduction is an amazing album like in general but watching it live is just incredible yeah her, her stage performance like you can feel it it's electric like being there yeah it's so much fun but so yeah. so i i had to put it on here it's it's really like when you dive into some of the deeper cuts 
uh, you know, not the the kind of heavy hitter tracks that I just mentioned, you get this more kind of fuller picture of what she's going for, something a little bit more kind of almost like Americana-ish, you know? Um, but her style, her like swagger that she brings is just fucking phenomenal. Um, and yeah, like I just love it. It's groovy and it's it's a good time to listen to. It's Daddy's Home by St. Vincent. It's my number 10. Hunter, you're up. All right. My number 10 brings us to one of the things I was mentioning before uh, we actually started this list about something that has been uh, kind of happening more and more in the last few years, and especially this year, most famously with Taylor Swift, but re-recording or reimagining previously produced music. So my number 10 is Let It Be by The Beatles. Um, Are you serious? No, no, it's not actually that. No. (laughs) Uh, My number 10 is Ska Dream by Jeff Rosenstock. Mm. So um, for people who do not know Jeff Rosenstock, he was originally in a ska band back in the 90s, early 2000s called Bomb Music Industry has since uh, made a several uh, punk albums himself, including uh, No Dream that came out last year, which I slept on at the time and now in hindsight would have been on my top 10 last year. Um, this year, it was announced on April Fool's Day that he was going to be making a ska version of No Dream called Ska Dream, and it was going to come out on 420. So everyone just thought it was a joke and was just like, oh, that's silly, Jeff. Um, And then it did. It actually came out a completely reimagined version of No Dream, but Ska. And the thing is, I'm not just putting it on here just to honor No Dream. I think that Ska Dream actually has a ton of merits on its own. I think that it actually there's a lot of stuff on Ska Dream that I prefer to No Dream. Mm. And No Dream was my favorite Jeff Rosenstock album. But some of the... Uh, instrumentals and kind of how he reimagines some of the songs on here. They just fucking slap. Like uh, there's kind of a little bit of cheekiness to the titles like uh, Scram, but Ska Ah Ram. Um, there is now. How do you how do you come up with something like that? Uh, leave it in the sky, which is leave it in the sky. That. He's a visionary. <laughs> uh, checkerboard ashtray. Come on. Like you can't, you can't. What was the original just ashtray? Uh, cigarette ashtray. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but like, it's just kind of, or honeymoon ashtray. That's what it is. Um, but it, it just, some of the songs, because he's using ska, this medium that he has like so much affection and nostalgia for, he really, it, it, it's kind of the perfect version where it's like, you're like doing a joke with your friends like, oh, dude, what if it was like this, but like freaking ska? And it's like, <laughs> but there's so much like work behind it that then it actually the joke doesn't become a joke anymore. And actually like it's like, oh, this is actually like really fucking good. Um, if we're recommending songs doing the Danny uh, technique, I would recommend Scram uh, Hornline, which is one of the songs that I mentioned before that I actually love, love, love on this album even more than I did on No Dream. It adds like a perfect downbeat in an album that can be kind of manic, purposely manic at times, just because it feels so classic ska punky. Um, Old Scrap, which goes from like a six to a nine to a two to a 10 in like levels of energy throughout the song. But it's just, it's it's perfect. I, I really, really love this album. 
I was hesitant to put it on the list because I was like, is it reimagining count? But I think it's different enough. And I think that it truly does stand on its own and have its own merits that uh, check it out. Even if you aren't a big ska fan, I think that there's enough there just from the pure punkiness that if you like punk music, then I think that it's for you. Shout out to uh, Dane, friend and guest of the pod, who also recommended this album uh, to us and our listeners. Yeah. Shout out to Dane, who actually was the one who showed me Jeff Rosenstock. I will say, similar to you seeing St. Vincent, seeing Jeff Rosenstock live um, a few weeks ago in Orlando, like kind of solidified this album as a fucking banger. So the name of the album is Ska Dream, correct? Yep. Jeff Rosenstock. All right. That is number 10. We're at nine. All right. Making progress, Not boys. See? What's wrong with us? Have it's we only going it? worse from here. <laughs> we lost our edge. There's been it's no gonna, overlap it's gonna so get far. Worse. I know. Yeah, once you're up, we, Danny. Uh, once we get more alcohol on us, I know Lee is Lee is just worse. begging for us to. <laughs> <laughs> number right. nine. So number nine, I don't think any of you will have this on there, but uh, it is "Day Slash Night" by Parcels. Oh, Yo, Parcels! Th- I, did, I didn't know they put an album out this year. This huh. is my number nine. No way, really? Synergy, baby! Look at that. I'll wait for you then. <laughs> Parcels, no, I mean, just go ahead now. Yeah, it's, no. yeah. I'm, I mean, we're here. Let's talk about All it. All right, fuck it. Um, so, actually, shout out to you, Drew, Drew though, because you showed mm-hmm. me this band. I, yeah, I mentioned them on pod I, like one or two years ago. Yeah. yeah um, I had no clue they had an album this Their year, debut man. came they out in 2018. They're cool mm-hmm. as hell. Yeah. It's just like the most tightly produced, uh, like, disco type dance music minus the soul part that you could ever find yeah they were famously uh i i guess the thing that brought them to like the limelight was that they collaborated with daft punk on a single um way back in the day so this was this must have been pre self-titled but i think there are some songs on self-titled that have production from the french duo it has to be because that's that's what i like said about this album is it sounds like random access memories with like contemporary music mixed into it and it's just jammy it's cool. singy it and but this is this is a big album this is a double songs. album yeah it's, it's 19 songs vast it's full of like all of these deviations but it's interesting because they really hadn't deviated from their formula very mm-hmm. much at all uh, well, it, but th- th- it's still in here there's ups yeah, and yeah. downs that give you in there in those deviations you get that how would you describe that? Like, it's like an electro funk soul pop. It's so it's so many mixes of things. It's so hard to like pin it on one thing. But seventies dance, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a phenomenal album, honestly. And I I honestly I knew this band existed, but I never actually listened to them until they dropped an Instagram ad on me. Oh you know? hell yeah! And I I heard coming back, and I was like, what is this fucking band? Have you have you gone into the old hits? No, I haven't. Danny, it's some of the grooviest shit you'll you'll ever hear. I mean, so you rock so hard. You you just go to their top Spotify plays. Like it's Mm -hmm. it's wild how good they are. I uh, I was in a Walmart the other day and they were playing Tied Up right now, and I was like, what? Yeah, I know. I've heard it. Who's the DJ at Walmart right now? Just playing some fucking parcels out here. It's it's um it's the best FIFA music that's never been in a FIFA. (laughs) Literally a thousand percent. That's the best way to describe it. Well, let's. I mean. TBD. This album has some fucking funky, groovy shit mm-hmm. on it. It's yeah. not just the old shit that has that badge of honor. Yeah. Like uh, songs like Free. Free is phenomenal. I, that's my number one, like, recommend you go listen to this. Uh, 
what's it? Something Greater, Coming Back, Famous, Daywalk. Mm -hmm. Those are the songs I recommend, by the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just amazed that I never, like, there's like these bands you like hear about or like see on like lineups and you're just like, eh, fuck yeah. it, you know? Who knows what they are, you know? And I finally, you know, had my sound on while browsing Instagram and what do you know? Parcels is there. Yeah. I mean, I'll just I'll just reiterate that this is a big this is a big fucking album. Like it might be intimidating uh, to get into something like this just because of it's you know, it's a double album. It's hefty. But again, like I mentioned kind of in the pre-talk that this is one of those albums that like it is an album. If you put it on a track one it's a project and yeah. you let it play out all the way to the end you get this like fuller feeling and there are, you know, maybe a couple skippable tracks here and there because it just has, you know, it, it is uh, it is hefty. It's it a feels hefty like boy. music for like a sin, like a, you know, a movie, you know? Yeah. Like, and that's what it feels like sometimes. And it's just like very like, I want to be in Lord of the Rings kind of thing, you know? Well, yeah, they do this thing that like, I know a lot of times it can be very pretentious where like they really lean into that. And they have like the orchestration yeah. and it like really calms down and you hear like the strings and you feel like it's like an establishing shot of like a beautiful landscape. <laughs> um, and it's like, all right, come on. The like, newest Manchester Orchestra that's, works. That's, that's, you know, that sounds vibe. different from the parcels that I know. Right. It's like, so they're, they're doing something new, which is good. You know, they're trying. Um, did you, uh, you mentioned famous when yeah. you rattled off those songs, right? It's yeah. Famous. Yes. Yeah. That's that's one of the key ones. Um, and I think the other one is the worst thing you shot. That the one worst thing. Yeah. All yeah. One word. So good. Yeah. And and famous is another one of those songs uh, or actually, no, maybe it's free. Um, I feel this need yeah. to be free. Well, okay. What song? I feel like that takes from a song like when I was younger and I can't pin my name. They do. Like, they yeah. They do sometimes wear their their hearts on their sleeves um influence wise and i like that yeah. i like the, like they have certain songs where you're like oh that's lose yourself to dance <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah that that free is one of those songs where i was just like i listened to it so fucking much that i was like all right i gotta i gotta stop like this is just like take a break yeah i'm getting so burnt out on it but then then you dive into the album and you can really sink yourself into mm -hmm. um that there's just so much there and it's I think it's one of those that's like pretty easy to recommend, you know, like I, I feel like I could show this to my dad and he could probably he might be like, oh, this this reminds me of like disco. And, you yeah. know, like dads like might not be that much into disco, but it's like, no, like give it a minute. You know, you can it, it, it might have a little bit of of something for everyone. Mm -hmm. Nice. I'm excited to listen to that uh, day slash night by parcels. Any other thoughts, Danny? No, no. All right. Those are both of our number nines, but let's uh, let's hear your number nine, Drew. It is begrudgingly. It is sympathy for life by Parquet Courts. Um, oh, oof. good! This I was is, hoping this would get yeah. shouted out. Uh, this is my least favorite album by Parquet Courts ever. Uh, <laughs> but it is on Obama's favorite. <laughs> I know <laughs> that cracked me up. There, he does not know who the fuck Parquet Courts is. <laughs> shout out to Barry. Shout out. Shout out, shout out to, shout his, to his intern. Yeah. Shout to, out to his the twenty-four-year-old intern. Pays. Um. Parquet courts in 2021 were, I was in like the top 0.5% of their listeners or whatever. You know, they were my number one band on the yearly roundup. They became one of my five favorite bands of all time uh, last year. And uh, 
this album much in the vein of that one year i had to put everything now at like number 10 because i was like listen you know i like you but you're, you're lucky <laughs> we're putting you. car seat at <laughs> you're like, lucky we put car seat low it's last just, year <laughs> this album isn't the warning, the warning spot <laughs> this is just it's not one of the 10 best albums of the year it's just like they have my number like they just like know and so every now and then there will be a snippet and i'm like fuck they know exactly what i want to hear like they know my favorite sounds this i i guess if i were to recommend anything it would be for this to be the last album that you listen to by them um because i really think that they're a misunderstood band they are they have two front men and both have really dumb voices they both sound stupid um i we we all wrote hard for um wide awake yeah i think that all three of us had it on our top yeah and i was crazy high on it i think that that's maybe their fourth best album wow well you're into some of their shit is like like borderline experimental sounding once you get into the early stuff you need very oblique it's also not though not at all like what are you talking this is it's also like the most straightforward guitar riffs you've ever heard in your life um it gets oblique when they they play it to the point where like they can do anything they want on top of it because it's such a straightforward riff so you're right in that way but if you i don't know i always thought that too but front to back listen to light up gold uh plus tally all the things that you broke that's the full name of the album it's called light up gold listen to light up gold it's from 2013 it will have guitar riffs that are just as good as any modern con- like any of their contemporaries like better than any strokes riffs better than any arctic monkeys riffs they're up there in terms of like being able to identify just great guitar sounds um their singers sound stupid they're a, they're a post-punk band <laughs> this There's is a- what you mean by like you've gotten past the yeah, threshold of because bad, to sing- bad singers yeah because i thought i had but it was holding me up with this band and it they're unbelievably good in this new album they sound they just sound old. They sound like they've aged like a hundred years. Um, and speaking toward experimentation, that's a good thing in some ways because they're messing around with synthesizers a lot more than they ever have in this album. And sometimes it pays off. Like sometimes you get something really interesting out of it. Did it pay off? But other times you're getting, it, it, it's certain songs on this prove that there there's a point of diminishing returns when it comes to like deconstructionism in music like when it comes to like really like taking apart a song mm-hmm. into its bare elements because you can just tell that they like they're bored with normal song construction they've made one million songs uh and so they want to like you know they want to sort of take it apart and like re-engineer them and some of these are so barren and the elements just like don't work together uh they want to make music for barack obama <laughs> yeah it's, was, it's obama shit man you are like i i think that if this is your first introduction to park eight chords it's not like a bad introduction like it's still i still I'll think it's a good album like this the, is in my top the, 25 i think it's a bad introduction to like what they are it That's doesn't it, but it, it's a good it album. doesn't reflect the what opening they are. track uh walking at a downtown mm-hmm. pace is one of my favorite songs of yeah. the year and that it well that's that's song. an old school parquet court song like that's that could be on any of their albums um there there are plenty of like there are probably like five or six songs on this that i think are, are purely great songs it's just because they became one of my favorite bands ever this year that uh like the more i listened to them the less i liked this album and I still like it more than any of you guys do. So it's called Sympathy for Life by Parquet Quartz. That's Drew's number nine. I already said my number nine. It was Parcels. So Hunter, you're up. Uh, well, we are at the first time where we are going to have to wait, boys. 
Because my number nine is call me if you get lost. Get out of here. Mm. Yeah. So it's not on the list, right? Oh, okay, so I can just go ahead and get my thoughts. Absolutely not. Tyler's no worst album, Stinky. <laughs> now go ahead. All right, we're waiting on that? Yeah, you're going to have to. Okay. I'm so sure someone else. Does no one else have it? I have it. I have it. Okay. <laughs> I have it, brother. You got it. So we're at number eight with I feel Danny. like I'm going to hold a lot of you off with some, like the positioning of some of my albums. Um, man, I'm going to get a laugh out of this one, I feel. Um <laughs> My number eight is Nurture by Porter Robinson. Nice. I've wow. heard good things about this. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely I feel like ev- like he peaked at Worlds and everyone is gonna for the rest of his, you know, career, they're gonna compare every album to Worlds. Um but this is a totally different direction for Porter. Um one thing that I wanted to talk about in the beginning where we were talking about like albums as a whole, I think our mood um really affects to what we want to listen to and this year um after 2020 with covid starting up i felt like i just wanted to be happy you know and that's what this album was for me as it was for him uh this album it just he wanted to be happier and so he was basically you know getting out of his depression that he so clearly talked about especially when he was going through virtual self you know and it's a very fun like it's poppy but also like you still get like you know the the heavy bass that you get with like porter robinson stuff but for the most part it's like a pop album with like a pop electronic album um i think it definitely deserves a listen especially like if you're like struggling with that sort of thing uh i i just i when i first listened to it i was like damn it's nothing like worlds fuck this shit you know i'm out right you know and when I finally gave it another listen, I was like, okay, it was, I was listening to it before I went to go watch him live. And then I watched <laughs> him live and I was like, this album slaps. And so if the album, if you don't think the album's going to do it for you, go on YouTube, go search. He posted a set during COVID. It's called Secret Sky 2021. And it's his new life. If you plan on watching him this year, do not watch it. So if you're going to Okeechobee or something, you're going to see Porter. Don't watch it because it's spoilers. Probably, it's probably going to be the same shit. <laughs> but uh, if you are not and you want to give this album a shot, I definitely definitely recommend watching this this uh, performance. It hit obviously his live show is just incredible. Um, but yeah, this is a really good album. It's happy. It's it talks about like the way like people made you feel or made him feel when he was sad and stuff like that. Um, the songs I do recommend are something comforting musician mirror and do re mi fa so latido mm, awesome. do re mi fa so is that italian you, girl. yeah it is actually don't don't reference that <laughs> black bear, black bear. <laughs> that's awesome that's nurture by porter robinson and stanny's number eight drew number eight it's a band called the armed and the album is called ultra pop and this is one of the bands i was talking about when i talked about uh getting acclimated to noise in music um this is a heavy band and this is a really heavy album but it's all like very uh particularly placed like it's all done intentionally like there's intent with every choice made in it this is a band from like they're from detroit and they they're known as a collective more than they are a band because like they have a lot of members and they and uh 
they have a lot of like guest artists who who hop on because they're like they're in the scene they're in the punk scene of detroit um incredibly cool sound to me uh i sort of i had a realization with with like heavier music which is i i like when frontmen yell i don't like when they scream mm-hmm. um and that's a huge difference to me because i i sort of had lumped all of that into the same category um but you can yell and have like yeah you, you you can have a lot of weight behind it and a lot of gravitas and it doesn't sound like you're trying to sound like the other bands who scream like that's what screaming sounds like to me it's sound most screaming uh like bands who like just rely on like someone screaming most of those guys are only doing that because it is what bands like them sound like well and also it- I, to the defense of some bands that scream, it's usually it's more like people trying to use the screaming as like another instrument in yeah. the band. It's creating, it's adding to that noise that you're talking about. Yeah, about well, kind and of this, getting acclimated to that. Yelling is yelling is like death grips. Like he yells. Yeah, it's not screaming. Well, and this, I mean, this frontman does both actually. Like, mm-hmm. there's plenty of both in this album, but it none of it sounds fake. It doesn't sound like they're they're like, oh, well, this is just, you know, this is what the voice does in this type of music. It sounds like purposeful. It sounds like like they are trying to get emotion out of their voice. Um, it's it's a cool as hell album. It sounds chaotic first couple of listens, but there is this is another one that something just kept me coming back to it every month or two um, until I realized I really loved it. Big fan. Ultra hmm. Pop by The Armed. Yeah. A-R-M-E-D. Yeah, the armed. Interesting. Sounds awesome. Yeah, you're 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 uh, having some sneaky little fuckers in here. I really, I think it's because I I uh, I've gotten very bored with most guitar music that comes out nowadays. Like I'm I'm I I'm I don't know. I'm just like a lot of all Look. the hip hop on my list is very straightforward hip hop, and then the the rock is just like you can just tell I've listened to too much rock, right. and I'm just over. <laughs> You're looking for what's next. I'm loving as the resident emo boy of the pod. I'm glad that you're just getting into just just letting the angst consume you. That's just what I want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So we're at my number eight, which is I Don't Live Here Anymore by The War on Drugs. Hell yes. I'm so glad that this this was a tough cut for me. Mm -hmm. I'm glad this. This is one I uh, it's on my didn't have time to get into list because uh, the songs I've heard rule. They're going late 80s. Yeah. They're they're not early '80s anymore. They're yeah. Late. They're going through like a simultaneous <laughs> timeline to us, just like 30 years back. So re- that's really cool. If um if anybody out there doesn't know this band, The War on Drugs, it's very similar to uh Kevin Parker with Tame Impala as to like a one man sort of hive mind creator. Yeah, and then they tour mm-hmm. as a band. Yeah. So his name is uh, Adam Granducio. Is that how you pronounce it? Granducial. Yeah. Close enough. Granducial. And what I wrote is Adam Granducial is to Kevin Parker as Bob Dylan is to the Beatles. So essentially what Kevin is trying to emulate (laughs) in the early. That's that's, really good. That's really good. In the early um, in the early tame records, he's trying to sound just like John Lennon. You know, he's inner speaker could. It could just be a Beatles album, like mm-hmm. straight up. Um, that's kind of the energy that that Granducial is kind of playing with here and with this band. He's kind of doing Bob Dylan, but with like a heavy, well, heavy, heavy helping of psychedelia. Also, uh, really, I mean, famously, Tom Petty. 
like yeah he, he's very crazy Tom into tom petty very kurt vile too which like yeah. is yeah. another yeah, for like a newer contemporary, contemporary there's there's springsteen in here yes a lot of springsteen so yeah. so yeah so so the the earlier war on drugs records which i love and i i don't think this one matches it there's mm-hmm. a couple picks on my list that like when i compare it to the year in music i have to put them on here but when I compare him to that artist, like past work, I'm like, uh, it's, it's hard been. not to knock against some stuff. Like there's certain things I do have on my list where it's like, ah, God, but your other album, I just love right. so much more than yeah. what this yeah, is. Yeah, like a, this a deeper understanding and um, lost in the dream, lost in the dream. Like just <sighs> those are just perfect. fucking masterpieces. A1 and A2 right there. Um, but yeah, I don't live here anymore. Like you said, it is like more of a kind of 80s, like, um, he is kind of abandoning, not abandoning, but like kind of pumping the brakes on some of the folksy acoustic stuff and mm-hmm. like leaning more into like electronic sounds, mm-hmm. which I really love. I love hearing something different for him. And he worked on this album for like three years. Like he worked on he started working on this before the pandemic. So it was already in the works like 2019. Then in 2020, had to delay it and then worked on it into like 2021. So this thing has just been brewing for a while and i'm just so glad that like it's finally out in the world because you can feel like it's just so meticulously constructed it is such a great summation of like this guy who just is a fucking perfectionist just like kevin parker our lord and savior um he is doing what uh brandon flowers cannot do right he <laughs> yeah like he is doing the the 80s um iconography thing so well yeah that that it sounds it's its own thing it's but not just a he, rip he's incorporating more like moody 80s stuff like the cure-ish mm-hmm. oh yeah kind of stuff well this is the late 80s part. definitely like, in this album yeah we're getting in. into that which i I've wondered for a long time what that sounds like to bring back late 80s sensibility in rock because it's already been done to death in uh, in hip hop and pop because that's easy because they were the 80s late 80s in in hip hop and pop were just like we are full digital like everything is digital now Um, and this is how you do that and make it still sound pretty fresh which is hard because it's for a long long time late 80s rock has been known as really bad yeah <laughs> like it's it's kind of been known as like a dead zone of rock hey, man music. pour some sugar on me exactly yeah. come on it's hard it's, it's well. hard there's another band that made my didn't get super into I'll, I'll mention later but like they figured out an angle into like making late 80s sound cool again i know exactly who you're talking i'm about. sure you do um and i i really respect that i think it's like i there's a way to make any past era sound fresh and but it's just not always obvious. well it's it's not like this album's a total reinvention either like no. he's still keeping a lot of the no, kind of acoustic from, guitars yeah yeah there's there. it's not it's not a whole digital album like it's just incorporating yeah elements. it's just like tiptoeing in that direction every every like i feel like this is a conversation i had with my friend the other day everyone's got influences right but you can only do so much to a genre until some new instrument comes out, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, that's when like electronic had a boom and everyone was synthesizing everything, you know? Yeah. Right. And uh, that's that's where we are right now. Everyone's reimagining the 80s, 70s and like, you know, it's unless cool. you're just working on the Dune soundtrack and you're like, I'm going to create instruments right now. I'm going to make new sounds. Yeah. Yeah. The it, theremin's yeah. going to make a comeback, dude. Because it's. You. 
it's it's really rare that like uh an artist will like genuinely make something that has no nothing's ever sounded like it before mm-hmm. that doesn't happen much and so what's the difference between the bands that are putting out albums now and that, that sound like 2010s albums versus just sounding like an 80s album either way in 10 years it's gonna sound like it came from a certain year yeah like so why not just make it like any year right. it doesn't have to be the year you made it okay. shout out to to friend of the pod dav Daviel uh david who uh has this uh game now where he tries to make you yeah. guess what year a song came we're from. gonna play this on the pod and it's gonna fuck you guys up yeah because you'll played, listen to it and you'll be like that's from 1976 and they're like that's from 2019 yeah i played <laughs> i played about one billion rounds of this game with david uh over like the last year and it's fucking hard but uh but yeah the the thing that i love about the war on drugs is that he manages to build these songs that start out so small and soft and they just build and build and build until they fucking just slap explode. you in the face. Yeah. yeah. And that is the case in this album too. And even though it's not uh, right now, maybe once I keep listening to it, uh, my favorite war on drugs album. Um, Cause I, I think it, I think it is like a number three, I think lost in dream and, and, and um, deeper understanding are, are definitely above this, but it's not far from it. It's still like worthy of being up there because it just still carries that same energy and that sensibility of like, let's have this idea start so tiny and then just expand it and patiently have it grow and grow and grow. And I love it when songs do that, when they hold they 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 hold you to like uh, um, when they when they respect you. To like sit there and pay attention to it and listen to it and not just like blow your load in the first 20 seconds, you know, I, uh, I don't mean this in any kind of a derogatory way at all, but this is like an incredible album to work to like working from home and stuff like that. Like I love, I put this album on like several times just while I'm getting stuff done. It's a little bit meaty, but like, it's also, it's just got a vibe to it. It keeps kind of a, a certain pace, a certain BPMs that isn't like in your face, but it does like keep you productive while you're doing stuff. I, I could say the same thing about his other albums too. I'm sure they all hundred percent. Yeah. So again, that's, I don't live here anymore by the war on drugs. It's my number eight. We are at your number eight, Hunter. Um, my number eight is kind of similar. It, it, honestly, it's a little bit of something about what you were talking about, Ernie, earlier today, Ernie, about uh, listening to an album so much that it started falling a lot and then having to go back and re-listen to it. And I might have to wait on this. It's Roadrunner, New Light, New Machine by Brockhampton. Didn't make it. Honorable nope. mention. I, oh, wow. Did not. I, you're the only one who put it. Wow. Oh, my God. I thought that I was going to have to wait on that one. Yeah. I mean, you know, I you look directly at me. The thing is, no, I love Brockhampton. This actually like would be on my list. I really just didn't listen to it very much. And I, I don't think it's the album's fault. It's a good I think, album. I think it's their best album since Saturation. Honestly, yes. like I think hands down it is the most complete. I really like Ginger a lot, but Ginger talk about skippable tracks like half of that album was kind of skippable even though all half of it was bangers too this just like is really letting each member shine more than they ever have on a, a Brockhampton album before that it doesn't feel like a your turn my turn there's kind of more flow to the album than in the past and I mean buzz cut the first that, song is one of the songs of the year yeah. so oh, the fucking danny good. brown now, one get the fuck out my ride that song so, rips so fucking good it slaps 
just going down, I mean, there's some incredible features. JPEG Mafia and Chain On. Yeah, they, ASAP they really... ASAP Rocky, ASAP Ferg. They, like, they figured out how to do features when you have, like, a giant group already. Yeah, because it's tough. Because it's like, well, when there's, like, six members of your group, how do you also fit in another guy in yeah. there? Um, but, I mean, really, just want to talk about the light and the light part two, which mm. are just, like... Yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Just, it's funny. Like, this really does kind of feel like it's Joba's album in a way that not really Joba's album because as I mentioned like everybody does get their spot to shine the emotional core but he is the core that the fact that it starts the light comes in right at like the midway point of the album and then the light part two to actually close the whole thing out and it's really like listening to a therapy appointment and like maybe that's kind of the opposite of what you were talking about what you wanted from this year Danny where mm-hmm. you were looking for things that are upbeat and this is Joba talking about his dad killing himself yeah um probably not like the most uplifting thing uh given the past 18 months or so but it's still just so so good like I window slaps old news what's the occasion is just a banger bankroll don't shoot up the party is oh, just yeah. like just front to back this thing just fucking slaps man. Yeah, right. I was so happy that they were able to fit in like features into this thing and yeah. like it works so well they, fi- they figured it out because they all sound uh, like they fit together more so it makes t- sense to bring someone in because the, the I guess the big problem like with every album before this in terms of if they wanted to have a feature it already sounded like it, it was all features mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so like how the fuck you know that's, but this sounds like a group that is cohesive bringing in someone else that's what uh, makes it so sad that apparently they're breaking up next year which that's well they had a record deal that is expiring I think yeah. they have like one more album yeah they have one more it. album set to come out I, I could see them sort of parting ways, though. I mean, they've kind of... They're all way too their... talented on their own, I think. Yeah, I think most of them are. You know? Like, what, uh, are you trying, to, you trying to throw somebody who, into the bus saying who, who can't... Uh... Uh, Rami is his name. He produces the beats, like most of them. He is really talented on Joba his own. Just, Joba also does uh, so many of them. Like, there, there's an interview I watched this year where... Um, you know the interviewer asked the whole group like oh who's the most talented and they all point immediately to jobo they're like yeah no he he does everything <laughs> wow. mm-hmm. i mean it this album like it really does kind of it feels like the first time that they've felt complete i mean fully just since Amir, since everything that happened with Amir, of course, a couple of years ago. It's like them being, finally getting their footing. Yes. You know? Ginger, as much as, again, it does have some banger songs. It kind of feels like them like trying to move on with this lost member of the group, which Amir didn't die. He got kicked out of the group for uh, being uh, creepy with women. Um, so rightfully so getting kicked out of the band. But it's just... He was probably the most talented rapper in the group, too. He was the yes. best rapper they had. Yes, that's that's what I'm getting at. Is that like Kevin kind of took the mantle as being the main rapper of the group after I mean, Amir left. Yeah. But uh, Joba is kind of taking over and doing his whole thing. Bareface has some great moments on this album. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a, it really is like one of my favorite mixed uh, like I, I guess boy band as they call themselves, but like mm-hmm. rap group albums since uh, going back to Odd Future Days. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's totally fair. It's I'm glad you put this because yeah, me too. I just I haven't listened to it in months and months. This came out early year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Is that came out in yeah. April? Like I just had it near the top of my list, and then just kind of kept adding yeah. stuff, and it kept getting pushed down, pushed down. And then over the last couple of weeks, I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Rockhampton had an album that came out this year. It was really fucking good. Shout out to Spotify Rap for reminding me how much <laughs> I listened to this album whenever it came out. They also definitely, I, I think it's probably best that they sort of part ways because I think they will always live in the shadow of putting out three great albums in one year. That was I don't think that you will ever music. top that. Like, it would be hard for anyone to. Those that was albums, fucking legendary. Those albums all Saturation rock all hard. And also in those albums, they're not like grappling with like losing a member or anything and they sound like kids with energy like that mm-hmm. you know it's what you want like it just sounds like these dudes who are like oh my god we have so many ideas like let's just put them all out and now now you have baggage with them and uh the moment is passed for Brockhampton, even though the album is still great and and that's okay you know mm-hmm. it, not nothing lasts forever mm-hmm. and you can't expect these like kids to grow up and still have the same like fire under their asses when they're like dealing with heavy adult shit yeah um shout out to their what was it austin city limits was that the the live show or no it was um i think it was Lollapalooza. was it lala yeah, yeah i saw that too yeah, yeah. weird vibes weird vibes <laughs> <laughs> which i feel like Lollapalooza was just not the right vibes for brockhampton I mean, either i'll say shaky knees was also weird vibes a uh, uh, pandemic music festivals is not the best yeah. situation either way super fucking hype to see Brockhampton in like two months it's not a music festival yeah I'm though. going too yeah I'll see you there absolutely nice so uh the name of the album is Roadrunner what's the full title Roadrunner colon new light new machine by Brockhampton it's Hunter's number eight number seven number seven and we're under the hour mark okay oh, yes not wow bad. we're doing great guys okay <laughs> well uh my number seven is Valentine by Snail Mail. Nice. Hey, fuck yes. Nice. I'm glad yeah. this made a list. Gotta love Lindsay Jordan. She Snail Mail owns so hard, and mm. this is the album that I've listened to the least by Snail Mail. That's the only reason it's not on my list. If I listened to it more, it would be on my list. Like, Snail Mail is mm-hmm. always incredible. I was yeah. listening to it a little bit it's today. It's a, it's a good one. Ben yeah. Franklin. Yeah, Madonna. Good. Yeah. And then uh, Valentine. This, yep. See... My whole thing, and we keep saying it, we keep comparing these albums that came out to like what they had before. And like Lush was like a very like raw sounding like album. And it was it was her that was her debut, right? I'm pretty sure. I'm I think this it. is just her second album. This yeah. is her second album. That's it. It's and, just one and two, yeah. Um for me, I I really it's not only that I'm comparing it to what Lush was, it's that I really wanted this album to be what propels her into Phoebe Bridger's status. Yeah, you know? like prestige. I wanted uh, her to get there so indie. fucking bad. And, and it's like, have it, it didn't quite hit that mark, but it's still really good. But but you know what I will say about it is that first listen, I was unimpressed, but it's a grower. It's a, a show. It's a really good album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't show. And that's it, okay. It does. It was it in the pool. You. Um, it's gonna shrink. She she's twenty two years old, so Holy she's she's still young. What? Still very, oh my yeah. god! I, I, I looked that. that up uh, last year because I was just looking at the album cover to Lush, and it was, she's and like back, a kid. Yeah, she's a child. She's I think she was nineteen or twenty when she released. What that? year was Lush? Lush was twenty nineteen. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Eighteen. Eighteen. Wow. Yeah. So she was a kid. Fucking and, kid. Um, uh, my only qualm with this album, I mean, it has a ton of. <clears throat> Really good songs, but my only qualm with it is like, 
the lyrics are all pretty much about the same thing. She's heartbroken, guys. You know, she's heartbroken. And Lindsay, I understand. I love you no matter what. Um, it the album makes you feel like you're you're so young and you're so infatuated with someone, and like that heartbreak you feel. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the movie Eighth Grade. Where you oh. kind of, where you kind of get put into like her Sad. feels. It's like a really good break away from like you know normal life where it's just like you go to work, you come home, you cook dinner, you go to sleep, and it was just nice to like feel something, you know. And even though, like looking back on it, like man, she talks about the same thing the entire time, but. <laughs> I, I understand. I get it. She's twenty two. I mean, it's it's the theme of the album. Yeah, it's you like know, it's like SZA syndrome. You know, there's SZA. It's the same thing. She's she's syndrome. She's SZA. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. SZA she, uh, season. Yeah, is they're 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 both young. I think I think uh, Lindsay's very very talented, and I think she will get there to the Phoebe Bridgers status. I do think so. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Phoebe Bridgers blew up to a point that's like, I mean, I'm so happy because uh, if we were retroing, Punisher is my favorite album of last year. But like, that's that's weird for her to blow up that much with an album that's that like subdued and that folksy and kind of stripped down. That doesn't normally happen. She's very savvy. That's yeah. why she's really, really good at, at collabing and being like public and uh, posting. Like mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. good at all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, for it just it hey, felt, mail, get on Twitter. Okay, yeah. how about that? <laughs> she she posted on IG. I'm pretty sure this year, uh, a lot of people thought throwing shots at Phoebe Bridgers actually. Oh, for being fake gay. Now, who's to say what the truth is there? Definitely, I'm gonna say probably not any of us. Aren't we all fake gay? <laughs> just um, a little. <laughs> but um, yeah, everyone went after her like you know you don't do that, and she was like, oh, listen, I'm a child. Um, uh, I don't so, really remember what happened. Anyway, <laughs> so, songs to listen know. to: uh, Valentine, Ben Franklin, Madonna, Forever Sailing, and Glory. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Valentine by Snail Mail. It's Danny's number seven. Drew, your number seven is Vince Staples. Vince Staples. Uh, you're gonna have to wait on that. Yeah, so oh wow! Know. Very cool. Wow, like man. Oof. Okay. Shocked by that. I'm, really? I'm shocked. God, I thought that that was going to be like top five for you. Like I said, there's no tens Man, this year. Oof. We're in nines territory for the rest of my whole list. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm very surprised. Too. Number seven. All right, what you got? Remember when I put it number seven last year, guys? Was, was it, it the killers? killers? Yeah. yeah. Are you putting the killers again? The Mirage? No, 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 no. Pressure machine? Pressure machine is Let's unfortunately go. very low on my The worst. <laughs> They they the single on that is the worst song I've ever heard, and it plays at every department store I've ever Why? been in this year. So people are higher on Pressure Machine than they are Hold than they on. were on Imploding Mirage. You're stealing the thunder from my number seven. <laughs> oh no, what is it? It is Montero by Lil Nas X. Oh, baby. nice, hell yeah, Love a fucking slapper banger of an album. And, you know, I, I I looked at myself in the mirror today, this morning when I woke up and I was like, are you really going to put Lil Nas X on Look, your top 10 You have today? nothing to apologize for. And I said, fuck yeah. It, it, this is about guilty <laughs> pleasures. It's about what you objectively think is good and what you love. I'm not guilty, though, yeah. is mm-hmm. the thing. Because I want to talk so badly about how genius this man is. And... It's not just about the quality of the music, because obviously like songs like Montero, Call Me By Your Name, Industry Baby, like fucking chart topping 
like record setting pop songs, like just fucking destroying the competition. The marketing game that this man has for real, how oh, he's good a he game. is at mm-hmm. the internet. That's, that's and, the only reason he got famous in the first place. Well, yeah, because he made a TikTok. That's why he's famous, and the, he's that. That's a compliment. I don't. I don't want anyone to say that's insulting. That that means he's cool as fuck. Yeah. So Old Town Road uh, was what 2018. I kind of want to say. Maybe yeah, he makes he's a song. Been cooking this for a while. He, he posted TikTok of like somewhat like a, a bull riding like a rodeo and he's like country music is changing and he put on it was old town road and that's why we have him now and but it really seemed like old town road was going to be like a one hit wonder kind of deal that's yeah. what it felt like yeah. but then he put out uh panini EP. panini good song yeah oh he, yeah and and that's the one that pulls from um nirvana right from um say to me yeah, yeah oh you know you're right yeah he does that the album as a whole is known as kind of like a six which is fine there's other the hits on it uh there, it wasn't an album no it's it's just a little ep mm-hmm. montero is the debut album of Lil Nas X. is it oh, montero yeah. or montero montero <laughs> uh, it's a long yeah it's a long it's you gotta an grab your mustache EP. when you say i that. i Montero, i ended up listening Montero. to the whole album today and i was like fuck yeah this thing fucking rips it's so good and it made it to your seven day yeah. of yeah. well i mean it was gonna be on on my list at, in some level i was just kind of figure out you know exactly where it was gonna be i made some you know some tweaks but it had to be on there because i i just think this guy's a genius like he uses every criticism thrown at him and he redirects it to benefit his whole thing. And it, it he, he's telling this story. He's telling this wacko crazy thing about like being pregnant with his album. That was like, that was, that was awesome. so good. And then like, and he, he used it because also he knew how mad that would make people. Yeah. He's like all the imagery from that campaign. Yeah. Like visibly <laughs> he's pregnant. He's a fucking he's so god. Good. And then the market, the Twitter game. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So good at the Internet. The the music video for Call Me By Your Name. He does a strip tease uh, for the actual devil in hell. And everybody, Fox News and like conservative America is like, oh, man, little Nas X. He's the Antichrist. Like he he's doing a lap dance with the devil. Oh, my God. He's releasing Nike sneakers with 666 and blood in them that's awesome he's awesome cancel him he's so cool. he's and then he awesome. uses that to and 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 redirects it for the music video for industry baby where he's being held to uh he's being charged with these crimes and then being put in prison and then to show Jesus Christ I didn't know that it's it's, it's so good like he he, predi- he like knew everything that was going to happen every step of the way it's so carefully yeah. calculated and then yeah. and then he he has this music video for industry baby where he has a dance sequence in a prison with naked black men, beautiful, naked black men. Oh, I've seen this photo one too many times. And Jack Harlow, <laughs> not, uh, notably not on set at the same time. Um, but it's just like, it feels so boundary pushing and important to see it done at such a scale like this, to have this like openly gay black artist like just pushing the boundaries of what pop is, because this album is not it's not a hip hop album. Mm-mm. It's no, not it's pop music. It's, it's, it's a just straight, straight up, up pop. It's just straight up pop. But it does it does have like these really like 
sentimental, like emotional tracks too. It's not just like, you know, rainbows and fucking um, like the, the album covers just like this crazy psychedelic rainbow paradise. But then you get into some of these songs that are actually a little bit more mellow, a little bit more sincere and emotional. There's like one song where he actually like expresses some of his um, kind of darker suicidal thoughts. And he has done a lot of advocacy work for like Black Lives Matter and like suicide awareness. And he is just like a great fucking guy. He's so smart. He's such a genius. And the way he is able to like actually deliver with the music too, I think is so, so commendable. Um, Industry Baby is, um, I'd say a top 10 pop song of the last five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's pure so pop good. song. It's, it's, produ- it's produced by Kanye West people. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like for real, for real good. Um, and like he does it with such ease too. I know. It's like he just makes it look so easy. His man. his music doesn't like the album as a whole doesn't like hit for me necessarily, but I just I like the guy. Like the guy is cool. It's he's the best poster. He's the best online persona of any musician ever and it's not close. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's like what he is first. He's a poster. He was a professional poster. He ran uh Nicki Minaj stan accounts that were like very successful before he was a musician like he he's, yeah he, he he's has, just online like he understands he how to be fucking funny he has an interview with Zane Lowe um of Apple Music um where you get to like really like see him like chilled out just like talking about the process and the craft and you get like oh this guy's not just like the face of the operation where and then other people are doing the work like obviously he has help but he's very intelligent and he knows exactly what he's doing and he, he's very he, good he at didn't it. relinquish like the twitter account to a handler like he is tweeting still yeah and it's not like oh funny for a musician it's like this is a funny guy that i would follow and yeah. i followed him before uh like when all he had was old town road and it was just like starting to chart a little bit i was already following him because he's fucking funny man mm-hmm. like yeah. He's that's it's it's just rare. Phoebe Bridgers, second place, by the way. Um, really good Twitter. Oh, Phoebe very, Bridges, very incredible musician. Twitter. My, so, my the reason I haven't listened to this album, I will say, is because I don't know if you know Rocket League, which is like RC car mm-hmm. soccer. Yes. One of like they have like goal scoring songs. Like when you score a goal, like it'll play a song <laughs> and call me by your name is one of them. It's not my song. Tell me you love me in private. Yeah. And then like some dude will hit a last second shot. And then just like let the song play and it just it just hurts sometimes, you know, and that's probably why I haven't listened to this album. But now I will because it's on your list. It's a banger. I mean, aside from that one and Industry Baby, which are obviously like the huge ones. I just wanted to shout out like the audacity to feature Elton John, but on piano only. (laughs) Like, that's so good. That That is wild. (laughs) And also, if you want just like a taste of like. The other side of this album that's not like, you know, the fiery kind of part of it. Uh, Listen to uh, Tales of Dominica. Uh, It's track number 10. That one's kind of like the MVP kind of deep cut on the album Mm. to me. Um, So that's Montero Montero. by Lil Nas X. Uh, Lil Nas 10? Mm. Lil Nas 10. (laughs) Could be other one. We don't know. Yeah, That's my number seven. Hunter, your number seven. Uh, My number seven is a about as opposite as you can get, uh, just music wise. 
But uh, just as uh, tonally important, it is glow on by turnstile. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, So a little a little behind the scenes here. We had a New Year's Eve party begged me to put this on his list because i couldn't he got down his knees and i was like oh buddy it's safely on my list don't you you go and go worry about that thank god this Um, is one that is like unanimously in the front of any album of the year article you'll find on the internet Mm -hmm. it's so fucking good so the thing is i listened to this album whenever it first came out in when was it like august yeah august um just because turnstile is like they're a classic one of those bands that if you like emo, if you like pop punk, like or not even pop punk, but like true, true like modern punk, punk yeah. then this turnstile is just a band that you just see all the time. Like they're always headlining on different kinds of like punk fests, like Riot Fest around the country and stuff like that. They're like Exile or Knocked Loose and like bands like that that just kind of are on posters. So I was familiar with Turnstile before, and I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is really good, and it just kind of did the thing where you know you like you listen to an album and you're like i like this and then like you just start going on with your life and you forget that that album exists and then like five months later you're like oh yeah that one album yeah so this is i started seeing this album pop up on like some things and i was like oh i really like this and danny you posted in our group chat we're just like i know hunter's gonna have turnstile on his list (laughs) yeah and i was like Maybe I should like really go back and listen to this album again. And buddy, I've been listening to this thing like fucking nonstop. It's it's, so it's really uh, like, in, so in prep for this. Good. I I found it on every list on the internet. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I listened to it like once or twice when it came out, and then you know it just kind of got lost in the mix. It's really interesting because it's not just punk. No, it's at like, all like it's there's there's a lot of eighties in there. Very eighties influence. It's very like kind of jammy in a way that none of their other music has been like it does have a little bit more like flowy well, vibey like underwater boy is just like so not punk it's very yeah. stripped down a lot of this album if anything i would just say it's like the whole middle chunk of it is very very stripped yeah. down or and on not, as opposed to like their other stuff which is mostly like more pure punk this is delving more into metal whether mm. whether you call it hair metal or whatever just like old sounding metal mm-hmm. is this the album you were talking about when yeah. we we're talking about late 80s popping up yeah. in these albums yeah it's really like that's another reason i was listening to it today actually because i because i was i put it on my missed out list we've now gone to three of the four on my list because <laughs> i knew that these are albums that we'd be talking about this album fucking rocks it's so yeah. good like, it's if really anything, good my number one recommendation is to watch a video that danny you posted in the group chat that it's uh it's turnstile on seth meyer's show where they do mystery and also uh tlc turnstile love connection like it just it fucking bangs it's, it's so, so they, good they just put it's, out a, a tiny desk i believe this week no oh, way they? really yeah oh, i whoa. think literally i think today it got oh my god uploaded. no way i gotta watch that i want to watch that like immediately yeah. no dude i'm like all in on these like i'm kind of it's making me want to go back and like reinvestigate some of their older albums that like i liked but i never really dove into before because i mean i'm sure like this didn't just they didn't just pull this album out of their ass they have to be like the seeds had to have been there this whole time, but fuck, this album's so good, man. Like, it's mystery into blackout is just like such a perfect fucking start to the album. And then just, I love the way that it kind of, it starts really high and then it kind of takes its time to like have more of a ballad uh, section to it. Uh, 
what's the name of the song? It's just like the can't be the only one. Oh, that um, one's like really good, like more true ballad. I mean, Blood Orange is on a song on here, an alien love call, which oh, whoo, nice. isn't that crazy? They got my boy Dev. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it just kind of like bounces. It's like a parabola of punk that then it comes back and hits you heavy at the end. It's so good. It, it was so fun to see their energy on Seth Meyers too. Like yeah. how, like it was like no one was into it, but it was like it's this- such a weird thing for like yeah. Seth Meyers is like yeah, I'll have this like punk band, this like post hardcore yeah. metal band exposure. You know what? I just liked this album on Spotify, so I'll be checking it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, th- thanks. Thank you for that. Thank Ernest. you. Uh, thank you so White much Dave for that. Voice. <laughs> I just liked this um, on my Spotify. <laughs> um, also, great album cover. I like it. Yeah, it's just like pink sky and clouds. Pink sky and clouds. It's I like it because it's just it's not punk at all, and you know, just nice. Yeah, I start every. I do a lot of running these days, and I start every run with dance off. Oh my god! Every single run always starts with dance off. It's such a this album was just incredible. (laughs) I just love how it, it like. I saw it on a lot of lists, and that's why I was like, okay, who the hell is this band? What's going on? And then I listened to it, and I was like, damn. Mm. these guys are doing it you know also (laughs) i will say like it's very uh lyrically adept for a punk album like the the first line in this album is there's a gun to my head are you gonna get it right like fucking like right off like damn all right hit you in the face of the blast Um, it's that's that's really often the case with punk music is like you you're you're just like trained to sort of assume that a voice being that like animated and maybe dumb sounding is saying stupid shit parquet chords lyrics are like crazy like they're above my head most of the time they're like literary um and yeah turnstile is the same they're i i agree with you i want to like go back with them Mm -hmm. because uh i don't know the mixing of things going on here is i've never heard anything like it before ever it's just like it really does. They also have something similar to uh, Ska Dream um, where like it kind of in the middle of a song, it can like turn on a dime where it has like more of a grooviness where it can just be the flip from one track to another or it can flip in the song itself that suddenly it feels like you're at a show and you're just like kind of getting ready, getting ready, getting ready for the drop. And then just everybody just start fucking moshing. This album made me just want to like throw some elbows at people. Yes. Nice. Well, that and is. Who knows? I might do it by the end of this podcast. Glow on Boot by Turnstile. <laughs> it is Hunter's number seven. Uh, we're at number six. Also, shout out to the Discord. Ray uh, and Mitt's listening in. Ray uh, uh, said that uh, Miley, the Miley Cyrus bit at the uh, closer track of Montero uh goes brazy crazy <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. miley cyrus famously the host of the miley cyrus new year's eve special with miley cyrus and pete davidson. featuring mostly pete davidson but pete didn't quite get his yeah. name on the header um don't forget our yeah. boys please don't destroy who just you know they were all over <laughs> that shit bro dude that blew my mind i was like they're just in this do you they're playing to, please don't do destroy shit like, do like two a- minutes before the new year <laughs> <laughs> that that's awesome do you guys want to do like a quick 90 seconds on was that a genuine uh, um, clothing uh, fiasco? Well, let's see, how, let's see how long it takes. Staged? No, it was staged. Okay, that's the conversation. Oh, right? well, like, I don't of know. Of course. What are you talking? Like, of course, she just know. like took her top off. Anyway, good him. number six. Mm. Danny boy. All right. My number six. 
Butterfly 3000 by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Wow, mm. nice. I I totally skipped this album until like very recently. And I realized like this band just gets to do whatever sound they want every time. I love it. And and you know what? I looked back on my 2020 albums and I was like, man, I had King Gizzard on there too. You know, I mean, when you're releasing, they've released, what was it like? They, they've released like almost, I want to say over 15. Yeah. Albums. I mean, they just, they average like two albums a year. It's insane what love it. this guy does. Like, I can't believe how much music they put out to that point. Like I did, I kind of saw that they had a album that came out this year and I was a little bit dismissive of it. Cause it was just like, oh yeah, you know, it's another one. Like, I'll guess I might give it a try at some point, but whenever you are this prolific, like, you know. Yeah, it's I call it the the Ty Seagal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Multiple albums for <laughs> Yes. Yeah. No, this this album went off for me. I I think I listened to it like like a couple songs at the beginning of the or whenever it came out, and then I was like, eh, it's all right. Then I was looking at 2021 albums. I was like, oh, okay. Let me give it an honest listen. Man, it's so good. I I really need you guys to like listen to this album because it's such a it feels like you're on Soylent almost, you know, <laughs> like when you're listening to it, it, uh, it brings like these similar cadences and melodies like throughout every songs. And it's like, wait, didn't I listen to this song? But no, it's different. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's like someone yelled at them about using too many guitars and it's like, okay, we'll just bring three extra keyboards in, you know? Cool. And, uh, I love that. I, I, I love it. It's, uh, so are this, you, yeah. are you, uh, are you also honoring, Honorable mentioning their other 2021 album. Uh, which one was that? I LW. <laughs> Just, no, it really I don't even is think, so I, even think I listened to it. I can't believe I missed I, it. I will say this album oh, I to cover this. makes me feel like I'm on the Soylent. Just looking at it. Yeah. The yeah, Butterfly it's, 3000. It's, it's like a fractal <laughs> pattern. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's uh, it It might be my favorite King Gizzard Lizard album. Oh wow! It might oh, be man. my favorite. Have yeah. you have you done like a deep dive into every album? Not every album, but like I've of the ones over. I've listened yeah. to over ten of them. I mean, Flying Microtonal Banana is like holds. Uh, yeah, they got weird names, man. For gotta, for most uh, of like the discourse I've seen online, it's it's all about Nonagon Infinity. Really? Yeah, people people go nuts about. Oh, that album. is that the one that's like one long song? Um, I think so, dude. Yeah, that album is fucking insane yeah they they, i feel like they push barriers constantly of like what genre they're doing and they figure it out and this one was like a very psychedelic happy sounding album and it just it it wanders off the beaten path consistently and uh oh okay here we go i wrote it this is their 18th album jesus christ i know (laughs) their first keep in mind their first album came out in 2011 Wow. That's that's 10 One years decade, ago. 18 albums. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> it's amazing. a great album. I I loved it. And like it's a solid listen through. No skippable tracks for me. Um songs I recommend Yours, Shanghai, Blue Morpho, Catching Smoke and You Love. It's like I, um, so good. I shouted out their their like heavy metal album that they did a the couple of years planet ago. B, that infest, yeah, infest, infest the rats, the rats nest. Yep. Yeah, there is no planet. B. I love it. Like that's what's so cool that they consistently push the barriers on whatever the hell they're gonna do, and it always sounds good. Uh, mm. They're already slated to come out with an album this year. <laughs> of course, they are. Um, it's only called, one. 
It's Tell them to step it the fuck up, minimum. okay? Yeah. It's called Made in Timeland. <laughs> so look out for that one. Our, I'm sure it'll be great. And it'll be on the 2022. You know, you never know. You why don't we guess what genre it's gonna be? Like I have no idea. I think it might be it might be like bedroom pop. Like, yeah, like no, I'm thinking really? like yodeling. Okay. I'm with it. There will be bad get like, yeah. I think I think it's gonna be a little bit trippy. <laughs> no way, dude. Absolutely not. All right, so that's Butterfly Three Thousand by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Yep, you got Danny's it. Danny's number six. Drew number six. Um, one that I I was flipping. The only thing that I was flipping a lot last minute on my list. This is Isaiah Rashad. Thank. I'm so glad I took this off literally at the last possible minute. So that, I'm glad the that house you put this is on burning there. by Isaiah Rashad. Um, so Isaiah Rashad is a really interesting artist. He's been on Top Dog. He for basically, I think the entirety of his career, he's been on it forever and has only had, I think, one full album prior to this, this. is. Yep. This is the second album. Um, the EP, though, the Sylvia demo is to me an album. Um, it's it's. I, it's better than this. <laughs> like it's, it really is. It's it's. If it came out this year, I'd put it in like number two. Um, he he rules hard. He's just he's been struggling personally. Like while you know trying to put out music and be there, all the promotional shit that Top Dog puts out, where like everyone's together, like making a video. He's never there because he he's been dealing with shit. Um, this album, I didn't even have to look it up. Like after I listened to a few songs, I was like, oh, he's sober now. He's definitely Mm -hmm. sober now. Um, and that manifests itself in good and bad ways musically for me, at least like the good of it is that this is ground. This is really grounded in a way that I didn't expect to ever hear from him. He did always do like classic hip hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way that I found really cool because it was also very psychedelic and it had a lot of modern elements to it. This is like very classic, like Southern 808 hip hop music. Yes. It- and that's why I I don't know where this would rank objectively. I'm not seeing it on many like, you know, official critic critical website lists. I listened to a lot of old Southern hip hop when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And this uh, is really almost the best version of that like a lot of these songs would fit in on like an a really old outcast album like a 90s outcast album they're they're straightforward um they're simple he gets great features he gets an awesome feature from uzi uh by the way shout shout uzi uzi truthers stand up he, he has two of the best features of the year um I didn't know that Isaiah was from Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's what I was going to say is that he has like he's like dirty he's South. a Southern rapper, but it's different from Atlanta Southern rapper. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a completely different no. kind of sound. If I, were to, and, I would guess like Texas out of him, which Tennessee makes sense. Yeah, like it's it's a similar deal. So I've loved I've loved Zay for fucking years. Like I discovered Zay because of the Sylvia demo. Shout out to uh, some of my old people at the bowling alley that I used to work at who sh- turned me on to him right when the Sylvia demo came out in 2014. Yeah. I remember, and I remember this and, and you you told me about it and I was like, shut the fuck up, Hunter. I'm not listening to that. You're bowling alley friends. Yeah. Music. And it <laughs> slaps. It's so good. Sylvia demo. <laughs> Listen to that. But you are right. Like, I think that this album... I do like it, I think, a bit more than The Sun's Tirade. Uh, Sun's Tirade didn't quite land for me. It felt a little bit too all over the place with what he was. It sounded like he had so many different ideas for his first album that didn't really manifest into 
what I wanted it to be. But the house is burning. Like Zay just is like he is so good at using his voice as a instrument, and like the the melody with which he raps is so fucking good. Like it really adds a whole new layer to the music. Yeah, itself. he's he's all he's all cadence and rhythm. Uh, he he emphasizes flow more than almost any rapper that's currently going where it's just, it's all about like where he is placing his um, hard syllables on yeah, the beat. On the snare. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, his, it, what's really crazy is that I think this is probably his best. This is, I agree that I think this is better than the sun's tirade. And I also think that none of his top five songs are on this album because I think his highs of the past are I think he has five or six songs that are 10 out of 10 songs like like some of the best hip-hop I've ever heard in my life from from Sylvia Demo and Sons Tirade the thing is there's fat to trim in those uh and I mean that's what happens when you're on fucking drugs man like it's you know it sounds stupid but like that's what is it's a lot more mercurial like every now and then you know the the vibe will be right and you'll have the right mix and you'll like you know you'll pump out like the best shit you've ever heard and then other times uh, you know, there, there will be like maybe like a 10 or 15 minute stretch on that album where you're like, this could all go. Yeah. Like this could all on, just let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He, he, you know, there's, he's feeling himself too much here. And this is a really just straightforwardly good front to back album. Um, and, and for how unbelievably simple it is, like, it's really, really simple music. I went back to it a lot more than I thought I would mm. because it's executed as well as it could be any um uh song recommendations oh man um i mean like i said uh from the garden with uzi i love because like i've never heard uzi on a beat that normal before and it's really it's really fun to hear and it kind of proves that he can do more than like what people would call soundcloud rap you know um really the first headshots like, uh, the first slaps the first like five or six songs on the album you, no skips like you can just go and it, and it's all really really great yeah. oh yeah all all herb yeah exactly yeah. oh my god lay with so good with duke deuce is mm. is a killer and then you get a really good j-rock later on which he's they've they've worked together before they're obviously top dog guys um what you said later on in the album um got a lot of traction and then he has one late, late in the album with SZA in black. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just a really good album. Front to back. Yeah, it's great. It's my number 11. It was the toughest oh, wow. cut for me. It's just it's so simple that it's like it's kind of easy to just be like, yeah, no, very, very good. But like I haven't heard many albums this year that front to back. I'm like, wow, every song is is good. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff, Jeff Rosenstock just had to get in there. Look, I knew that I just <laughs> look, he's not quite as good as ska. OK, all right. Maybe it maybe Isaiah, if he has a little bit more ska yeah. his next album. Zay, are you listening? There are some <laughs> ska beats in there. He probably so, then, then we're cooking with gasoline. That's uh, the house is burning by Isaiah Rashad. I, is, I, I hate ska. Is <clears throat> Drew's number six. My number six, piggybacking off of uh, what you're saying, uh, Hunter, about how you love Scott? that. Yeah, uh, Scott, number six. No, no, no. About uh, how you love the uh, the armed pick, mm-hmm. uh, that that energy. My number six is an album called Illusory Walls by The World is a Beautiful Place and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die. Are you serious? Yes. That band rocks. Whoa. So this is a band that I, I had heard of 
for many, many years. Very, very classic, like post emo type band. Yeah. Um, and I had never listened to an album by this band ever. I always knew them as like that kind of weird, like step cousin of emo prog rock <laughs> that like nobody ever really you, wanted you just, to You hear that name and you're like, shut up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. It, call a song that maybe, but don't call your band that. <laughs> what do you guys think you are? Fall Out Boy? <laughs> and uh, Fall Out Boy song, <laughs> but that's their whole band. Maybe to, to, to tip off a, an album that is going to be slightly higher on my list that I fucking love Spotify recommended this album to me because I was listening to that other album so much. And they're like, Hey, you might like this. And uh, kind of what you were saying earlier, Hunter, about how like, you know, good albums to put on while you're just sort of vibing in work mode on your computer. This album is fucking perfect for that. This is just like an emo prog post rock, like epic. I didn't listen to this album. I'll be honest. I've never really listened to this band before, but now listening, just looking down at the fans also like, I love every single no, band Hunter, that's on would, here. And then I'm like, wait, balancing composure, parts, Foxing, Balancing Composure, Into It, Over It, yeah. Yeah, Blew It, Tiger's I'll, Jaw. Wait a second. I'll get in really quick right now before you get into the rest of this album. Their album, Harmlessness. That was the big one. Yeah. Back yeah. in the day. Have you listened through that? No, Man. that's what I'm saying. Like, I always heard of them, but oh, I was yeah. never like... Um, a fan. The song January 10th, 2014 off of that album is one of my favorite emo songs ever. Like, it's so good. So, so this album, this is a very interesting album. These, the, these songs are giant. Yeah. Like they, some of them literally are like over 10 minutes pushing 20. <laughs> yeah. They, they do that. Um, but they just feel huge. They have this like vastness to them. They, they, you, you, you just, you get sucked into them and you feel like you're in, in this whole world and like the story that they're trying to tell. Um, and the story I think is a little bit relevant to kind of like the plight of middle America, you know, when you pay attention mm -hmm. to, to the lyrics and, and you, you, you get a feel of what they're, some of the messages they're trying to get across. It is sort of like the dying middle class of it all. And like, almost like the hope, that they find in that and the idea of like how life can be beautiful, even if the world is falling apart. Sense. I don't know where they're from, you. but they sound so Midwestern and in, in like what they talk about in their songs. You know what I mean? Well, they it's like, man, you guys got to be from like, yeah, Ohio. They, they like exactly. <laughs> no, they literally like bring up Ohio in some oh, really? of the lyrics. <laughs> um, but they're from I think they're from Connecticut. Yeah, they're from Connecticut. Um, but I'm sure, you know, that they're. You know, they have influences and members from all you over. You know, they seasonal depression disorder also affects them up there, mm -hmm. too. So, oh, you know, cool. I really <laughs> I really want to shout out uh, Stephen Buttery, who is the drummer for this band. Dude, yes. This is this is the reason why this album is on my list, because like I'm I'm sitting there typing away, fucking doing emails, whatever the fuck and listening to this yeah, album. And you're just like, whoa. And then I like stop working because I'm just like listening to this fucking drummer go off. And my brains is like, my brain is on fire listening to this album. And a lot of the songs on here kind of have that kind of progginess to them where you just, you're just put into like a trance, which is why, like I said, you can work to this album where it's just like this groove that just goes and goes and goes. And you just kind of like, you can just kind of zone out and just like have this good music playing 
And then every once in a while, a breakdown will come in. A fill work will come in. And you're just like, fuck, yeah, <laughs> shit. Yeah. You just, Music. This is a band that you know, like, every, I don't know if they did together, but every member of this band used to go really fucking hard in whatever band they were in. And that drummer is, is the best. Like, that drummer used to fucking slam. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he wasn't in, like, a prog band. He was playing punk. Yeah. And you, you get that in here. Like, there's just so many great songs. I mean, I could... I could name some that like, you know, could be good recommends, but this is one of those where like, just put it on from track one and just listen to it. Like, that's my thing. Like I said, at the top, like I really wanted to spotlight albums where you can just really feel the album from track one to the end and get like a full cohesive experience from it. I think the most popular song from this album is the second track, which is called, uh, Queen Sophie for president. Um, And that's a great one. I think um, the fourth track blank slash drone is the one that really has like some of that social commentary right at the surface level with the um, with the lyrics. But man, every fucking track on here, you're just going to get so much out of it. It's just it's a doozy. Dive in, man. I'm I'm so uh happy you mentioned them because yeah. i saw a few weeks ago passing that i was like oh wow the, uh, the world is a beautiful place and i'm no longer afraid to die like they put in an album this year and then i just never listened to it but harmlessness really meant a lot to me in like 2015 or whenever it came out i'm gonna go back and listen you to should. all their shit the, mm. the song i was because january 10th that song is great the song i was actually thinking of is called i can be afraid of anything and it doesn't seem to be very popular it's at the end of that album and it's like a seven minute emo uh like all time epic yeah. song they're so cool. It, it, all I could think about was like, is this what Hunter feels like when he listens to Coheed? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm, did you find your Coheederness? I oh think I God. might have. Ernie, you're, you're never going to feel that. Oh <laughs> None of us are ever going to Were you feel like, did, did your penis do like how a dog's does? <laughs> yeah. We're like the yeah, Sean Baker's Red Rocket. Like, yeah. yeah, like more, like more dick like came out of the head. <laughs> That's what happens over. I play Coheed. <laughs> it is so gross. So it smells. That's just <laughs> number six. Uh, I have a feeling this is going to be like my Eve to moi this year. Like last year when you when Drew shouted them out, and then like, you dove right. in. Yeah, I dove in, and like the way you described it, I was just like, yeah, yeah. If you can, rocks. if you can really sink into like a long ass song, that's like generally good. oh baby. Uh, they're they're a band for you because that that's the only thing that made me not listen to it. Else is I was like, man, you got to be patient to listen to their albums. Yeah, they're they're well, yeah, really, that's what I'm saying. They're like meaty, they're if, fat. If mm-hmm. you just have like a fucking nine to five shit, work from home shit, like just clock in, put this album on, it's gonna carry you through. It's gonna be, it's it did a lot for me. Um, it's illusory walls by. The world is a beautiful place and I am no longer afraid to die. Uh, Number six, Hunter, number six. Uh, My number six is kind of the exact opposite of a meaty album with uh, that you have to be patient with. It is Vince Staples 
self-titled 22 minute album yeah it's my number five so you can go ahead and all right yeah let's, let's go ahead and talk, talk about it. man this is it's, so this good is my it's number so, 12 dude it was so tough cutting it honestly mm. it sucks i hate that it's only 22 minutes because otherwise like it's kind of a perfect 22 minutes it i just is. like am like i okay but like where's the other half this is because like, fm to me almost like it felt like a concept album so it made sense that every song was so short but this album i was like Fuck. Especially the Kenny the, Beats album. The Beats, the, that's the thing. They're the beats, so good the beats, that I want to live in a world And they're also beats. like, they're weirdly like ambient in a way that like, it could go for like six minutes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're not, it's not like a, a quick beat. Like it sounds like a long song's beat. So it really, yeah, that did almost start like bugging me because I was like, this is one where like they should be long. It's just the thing that, I mean, I guess this is just what Vince is just going to do ever since Summertime 06 is he's just going to put out just short things. 30 minute max albums it's it's just for me what i appreciate about this album is that there's no fluff that's the thing Mm -hmm. there's There's no no, there's no wasted moment it's all it's all killer no filler every every beat flows into the next in an awesome awesome way and they're all uh we i was talking to you uh like last week about this the hardest thing to me with with hip-hop especially is the beats have to all sound like they belong on the same album, but they can't be too similar. And yeah. this, this is like the definition of that. Like yeah. they all sound like they were made with the same instruments, even though none of it is instruments. Like it just sounds like the same set of like settings, <laughs> but I also, they all sound different. Yeah. It was executed to perfection. I felt it's like cra- it's, it's Kenny beats best yeah. thing he's ever done. I just, I, I want Kenny beats and Vince. Day. I want this to be like the beginning of a beautiful oh, relationship between the two of them. I like, mean, he did FM man. Yeah. But I, like, I they're, just, they're, they're together. They're, they're friends. It is. It's so good. And he perfectly, Kenny beats like perfectly understands how to use Vince Staples voices because I think Vince has like one of the most unique voices in rap music. He does. And like his flow and talk about cadences with Zay. I mean, like shit, like Vince Staples is kind of, he has that draw to the way that he raps that is fits so well on some of the beats and uh, the way that he can kind of play and put the consonants on the right part of the beat depending on the song whether it's like just ahead of the beat or kind of slowly dragging behind it it's so perfect it's so so well done there's so much nuance to like every one of these like two and a half minute songs it's crazy i i i love this album so much like i i think it's a there's like i said no fluff there's no skippable moment in this entire album it's i remember I, when it when I first opened it, I was like, 22 minutes? Not again. And then I realized, <laughs> damn. It's definitely... He's, he's got to figure it out, man. But then, and like, it's him better as a than person, FM. Him as a person mm-hmm. just like sells it even more. He's like, he's making a, what, a comic book or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's he, the thing. He's he's just an interesting, like, he's a funny person. Yeah. He is also... His he Hot Ones funny. interview? Phenomenal. Yeah. It's so And funny. also, like, any, any Tiny video, desk. any video, any interview with him, you're like, oh, this is just like a guy who gets it. He's funny. There's like, a reason why he just, like, hung out with Odd Future and just, like, hangs out with Damon Albarn. Yeah. Like, people just want to, like, hang out with Vince Staples. There, yeah, yeah, he there's was hot cool with Odd Future back then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's that old video where uh, him and Tyler are on like a radio like breakfast he's, club together hey, and and vince is really genuinely going into how ray j is like the most influential artist of the 21st century <laughs> like he's just he's cool like he was he was like in with like bill simmons for a minute weirdly yeah where like they would talk a lot because he's just funny like i don't know he's a genuine 
genuine dude. Yeah, it's just it's just rare um, mm. that like an artist is so accessible to talk to. And you, he's a guy that you could just like see yourself talking to mm. and like laughing. It is like one of those things where because I know it makes me sad that like ah, it's only 22 minutes, everything. But what if it is that better than the alternative where it's like 42 minutes and only like 36 minutes of it are like really this good. Is, it's, that's kind of the fatal, the the line that you're trying to balance well, here, think, especially whenever I you're judging what he was going for. Especially whenever you know? you're judging albums and not songs. Like I think, albums I think this is the different. upgraded version of FM. We talked about FM. Um, I don't think any of us had it in our top tens the year it came out, mm-hmm. but um, I remember like digging that album, but feeling like it was like an incomplete thought. And this feels like level up. Yeah. The, yeah. the what he was trying to capture with that like over before you know it yeah, energy. Yeah. This is like the perfect version of that. whack vibes. Oh, you know. Um. So this is I don't know how to say this without without sounding mean, but I really think the reason that because Vince's summertime 06 is long as absolute shit. Like it's so long and and it's it, so good and there's so much substance. But the thing is. That's why it's all short now, I think. I think he told his story. I don't really think he has a ton left to say, like, as an artist. Not that that's a bad thing, because he's still good at rapping, but, like, message-wise, that album got, like, everything out. And the thing is, he's he's sober, and he's out of the life he used to live. He's, like, not, like, in a gang anymore. So, like, the things happening to him now are really, like, just, like meetings with like <laughs> what was it the crips he's in the crips yeah yeah Kick but like cool. his, his yeah, day-to-day yeah. life now is not something that you could rap about because he he's like a really normal guy who just has a lot of money and is mostly managing the money so like he said what he had to say and now it's just like let me just put out some really good fucking songs and like he can still harken back and he still has that like bitterness in his music which is so funny mm-hmm. where it's just like like uh someone a long time ago a critic said that like Ken, they they both come from the same place, Kendrick and uh and Vince. Um, Kendrick has this like hope for his community and this like optimistic outlook on like what happened to him and like how it can be like turned into a good thing. And Vince is just like bitter. Vince is just like, man, it's all bad over here, man. It's all fucked and and it sucks and it fucked me up. Uh and I, I love that about him. Like I love mm-hmm. like every like he'll have songs where he, you know, that are more about like his past life. And they're in present tense, but you know he's talking about like when he was a kid. Um, so I I don't know. I just I just love the guy. Yep, you might be right about that, and I don't I I don't necessarily think that that's like a bad thing. Like I don't want every album to be like an opus. Like I I do kind exactly. of like I like I love how this is just kind of it's better. It than has if a he breeziness was doing to music it. now about like about like you know <laughs> investing <his millions. laughs> like you, you know what i mean like it's it's all right if, you- if he was like it had a verse where he was like went on the bs podcast <laughs> talk to his- put some bets in yo i went on bill simmons short-lived hbo show <laughs> <laughs> so it, are there any like tracks you want to shout out or is this just like put it on from uh, the top dude, and well, i mean it's 22 whole, yeah, minutes listen, just listen, listen to, the, to the whole thing but i yeah. are you with good. that I could um, I could have put this higher really easily, man. It's 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 this front to back. Every song is good. I think yeah. Law of Averages is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. it Law of Averages is so good. Are I, you with that? Are you with that? The beat is so. The beats are just uh-huh. like. Mm-hmm. It's the first. Uh, it's the first album where I've been like Kenny Beats is easily the best. Like I think he's almost the best part of the album. I think like 
I, I've never heard him put out a bunch of perfect beats. I've never even really loved you him know, that much. You know what I mean? If you want, I like his work with like Freddie Gibbs and kind of. Um, he's done like really great and shit. Denzel but like, Curry and shit this like album, that. I'm like, he is bringing like a lot to the album. Like he's bringing like 60% of the album to the album here. Mm. And that's not an insult to anybody. Like, it's just like these beats are special beats, man. They're like really, really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, if you, I feel like you could listen to any song but as a whole, you got to listen to it. But if you just want to get into it, I think the tiny desk is a great place to start. Yeah. That's yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's fun. The tiny desk is a great place to start. All right. So that's Vince Staples, uh, self-titled. It is Danny's five, Hunter six, right? Hunter six. six and Drew's seven. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's fun. I really, I had, I had this on my list and I just had to make room for a couple other ones. So it had to get cut. It's number 12 right now for me. Um, we are at Drew's five. Drew's five. Yeah. Top five. Boys. Squid. Oh, oh nice. hell yeah. Put it up there. Album's called Bright Green Field. This is a band that snuck up on me and I want to say like October. Um, the the way that they snuck up on me was entirely one song called Narrator, mm-hmm. which is by a country mile my song of the year. It's one of my favorite songs of the last like five years. Um, they're they're just an interesting band. They because that song is sort of a microcosm of like what they are. They're they're a group of dudes from like I think they're from Brighton, England. And oh, I'm sorry, uh, Brighton, yeah, exactly. Bright, yeah, Brighton. I don't know much about England, but Brighton to me seems like somewhere that's like very well, like it's Soho not like a high down class, to, it's like a cockney type English place, right? I I don't know, I was, right, just, I was just I was quoting The Who, I was just saying Soho down to all right, man, <laughs> must play them all. Talking about my generation, they're pinball they're a combination of a lot of things there you, you would call them post-rock you could call them like post-punk um and they're all of that uh the song narrator encapsulates all that because it starts off as a mix of modest mouse and talking heads basically which is really really interesting to hear their their front man's delivery sounds like early modest mouse because he is He's not screaming or yelling or singing. He's what I would call hollering. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's yelping about. He's just yeah, losing he's, my flow. Yeah, I. <laughs> it's really really funny, and it works really well in the music. Like it makes sense for what the music sounds like to have this guy uh, delivering words like this. Uh, so it starts like that. It's like it's almost dancey. You you can almost hear some like LCD sound system in there too. And then it just devolves because this song is eight minutes and 28 seconds nice. long and it gets fucked up. Like it be, they, they start playing these chords that are very clearly like chords. Like it's not just like chugging. It is, it's chords, but you, you couldn't put a name to the chord. Mm-hmm. Like it's the it, most dissonant sounding like, thing that you if could you, yeah, if you played it, it would take you 10 minutes to figure out all the variations on like the traditional chord that you were on. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, it sounds so dissonant, but fully on purpose because it's not just nonsense chords because it goes through the cycle like 10 different times. It'll be it's like five or six different really dissonant chords that somehow sound good together. That to me is like 
I don't know how advanced they are in terms of knowing that, but that's like advanced theory shit to be able to do that effectively. So they either have a great feel or like they really know what they're doing. Fun fact about uh, the song narrator is that uh, uh, the other day we were playing, um, we were playing ticket to ride and just like playing music on like my top, my albums uh, of the year playlist I have on Spotify going. And I just had this song popped up and the first like two minutes played and uh, wife of the podcast Gaia was like, Oh, you know, I really like this song. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> you won't. it's great. No, and then not. like four and a half minutes passed and she was like, I hate this. What are we <laughs> listening to? I hate this. That's that's well, it's like I was saying about all the guitar based music on my list is like, it is, it's reaching for something else because rock is just sort of like done for the most part, like, like normal sounding, even just like alternative rock. I, uh, I want to shout out the album cover. This is one of my favorite album covers yeah. of the year. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like it, it's like a field with a person on it. It's called, but- yeah, the album's called Bright Green Field, and it looks like a big field with uh, like a thousand people forming a person. Right. It. Yeah. But it doesn't look like people. It almost it looks might like, not be people. It, it looks, looks like, like plants. Yeah. yeah. I've always just assumed, but it could, that could be anything. They're just they're a weirdo band like. That's the thing. This band, like a lot of people will not like this band. They're not meant for like a mass audience by any means. But if you like a band that, you know, has some modest mouse in there, has some talking heads in there, has punk in there and also gets really, really weird, then this band is exactly that. Like it, it it's so interesting where they go with their songs. Right when you think you have them figured out, you don't. And in, in like half of the songs on this album where you're like, oh, OK, I, I get the pattern here. Mm-hmm. We're going to go verse, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, blah, blah, blah. It's not like that, man, even though it has it has enough hints of that, that like I still like it because I, you know, I'm a structuralist. Like I like structure in my songs, but I like it even better when bands break that structure because they know it so well. That's why I like parquet court so much. And this this band does that better than most bands that I've heard in the last like 10 years. Probably it's it's a really interesting album. Um, the song paddling is incredible. Uh, GSK is another like big, big mm-hmm. highlight there. And then also the, the closer of the album is called pamphlets and it, it also gets there. It's another eight minute song. They're cool, man. Um, they're not for everyone, but they're really cool. Squid. And the name of the album is bright green field. That's Drew's number five brings us to my number five. I think we might have to wait on this one. Looking at you, Hunter. It's foxing draw down the moon. Yeah, we're gonna have to wait on that one. Wow. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. That fills me with so much joy. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think anyone except for you would have it. Hell yeah. To be honest. Number five, Hunter. All right. You just listened to part one of two of our best albums of 2021 podcast. Please be sure to stick around for the rest of it with our five through one best albums of 2021. Uh stick around. We got more goodies coming at you with the rest of Listomania. Um, it's got to be a two-parter. We recorded for a long time, but, you know, we do it for you because we love you. So please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe and follow us on social media at We Bought a Mic and check out our website, WeBoughtAMike.net for the rest of all the Listomania goodies and all the episodes we have in store for you from our back catalog and everything you can dig into so please dig in and uh, thank you all you beautiful donors for donating anchor.fm slash we bought a mic if you want to join we love you take it easy bye bye bye